Alright guys, well, welcome back to the Daily Blend Show, episode number 27 with me, Reed Daly. This is the weekly rundown segment where we highlight stories we thought were interesting, notable across business and technology. This week we've got stories on the future of work, Confluent, which is a spinoff of LinkedIn, expressing gratitude through tough times, how Evernote is stepping into the task management space, Spotify gets even more personal, and much more. The weekly rundown is available on dailyblend.com or by subscribing to the Daily Blend Show podcast via your favorite podcast platforms. That means Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, etc., etc., etc. So with all that said, let's jump into the episode. So the first story is really talking about the future of work. And while the COVID-19 pandemic brought many challenges, it also presented an opportunity to re-examine the way things are done. And if you go to dailyblend.com, we kind of highlight a couple of the, uh, the quotes from the Future of Work article uh, and kind of white paper. But a couple of the statistics I thought were really interesting was that in a recent survey, 83% of employers and 71% of employees agreed that remote work had been successful. Now, you know, the interesting thing is that, you know, we were all or many of us were able to navigate this in some semblance. And for those who really struggled with it, I'm sorry. For those that, you know, learn new technology and learn new working habits, my hat's off to you. But I thought was also interesting in this article was the fact that you had these established economic centers like San Francisco that witnessed a 35%, you know, migration away from the city, right? So moving to other cheaper cities, right? So that's Indianapolis, that's Austin, Texas, that's my favorite city, Atlanta, Georgia. Um, you had, you know, digital adoption is a clear priority. So, you know, adoption of cloud computing jumped and new ways of working. Now, what I'm interested out of this is that, you know, while folks have figured out how to do remote, it's going to be a challenge when we go back to a hybrid or back in the office full time. In the news this week, you saw that Apple or a contingent of team members from Apple said, hey, you know, we're not on board with management's plan and we want to uh, revisit sort of a hybrid or fully remote plan or we're not ready. And they're just going to be one of many of the, you know, businesses that are pushing for employees to get back into the office. And I think you're always going to have folks that want to be in the office full time. I think you've got folks like myself who really like a hybrid model uh, where, you know, you would do kind of your prep work, you come in, you execute, and then um, together, and then you, you go home and sort of execute alone. That's my, you know, favorite working pattern. And then you have folks that are like, you know what, I just want to be fully remote. So, you know, I, I think there's not a right answer here. I think you've started to see organizations rethink the configuration of offices to get people back in the doors, uh, which, you know, arguably is going to be nice. You know, I think some of the row seating or cluster seating that you saw just made it unproductive or uncomfortable for folks, or at least myself, I know, uh, to work in sort of tight spaces. And, um, you know, I, I think people will really benefit from more collaborative spaces than just sort of, you know, 
everyone in a line or a row in small rooms and let's jam as many people in there. So the next uh, article is from a LinkedIn uh, spinoff called Confluent, and they're filing for an IPO. And congratulations to them and the team. I, I don't know anyone there. Um, but uh, what I was interested, because th- this company wasn't on my radar before, is that um, you know they are a cloud software developer that is looking to really revolutionize the way that thinking about data and data management. And through you know, the descriptions on their website and the YouTube video we link, it's really, you know, thinking about how do you sort of leverage data across different applications. And I think this is pretty instrumental for many organizations that are using a fully cloud, a hybrid cloud, or, um, you know, on-prem and just trying to get that data into a centralized place and leveraging that throughout. So um, I'll... uh, do a follow-up on this uh, after I have a chance to sort of explore their software. Um, But I think it's really cool, and congratulations to the team for going to IPO. The next story is on expressing gratitude uh, through tough times. And this was an article and uh, a video from Ryan Furr. And Ryan, if you're hearing this and I've pronounced your name wrong, please message me. Uh, I apologize there, but uh, I came across Ryan's presentation uh, during a, um, a conference, a digital conference, and uh, it was about three hours long, the, the whole thing, not Ryan's piece. And I really thought it was interesting about expressing gratitude, um, especially in these sort of you know, remote times where you know, I think you know, many people have found it to be more of a transactional relationship and maybe not taking you know, a moment to say thank you. And that's something that I think everyone can benefit from. And so I reached out to Ryan. I said, hey, I really enjoyed your presentation. You know, could you kind of uh, give me a a slimmed down version, not the three-hour version, so I could link to it in the post? And so if you head to dailyblend.com, you can actually search for Ryan's name and you can watch a much shorter version of the, the presentation that I think is extremely digestible and really gives like a tactical toolkit um, to expressing gratitude, not just to others, but uh, to yourself. Next up, we're talking about Evernote. So Evernote was like one of the first cloud-based note-taking tools. And I took notice of them, gosh, five, eight years ago. And um, I started to get on board. And then I just never did um, because I got into OneNote or Google. And I, you know, I've, I've experimented with Evernote, uh, you know, maybe every two or three years. And, you know, once Microsoft sort of bundled things and task management um, you know, became more of a, a critical thing for me, I was less interested. But uh, now Evernote is adding task management uh, for personal projects that you can actually do like kind of at signs and, and tag people against. So, you know, it might be a, a good opportunity to dust off the app for myself and others and to check out uh, some of the new features Evernote is jumping into. One would make an assumption that if they're going to be adding task management, there's probably going to be some workflow and likely some more program or project management features coming down the pipeline from the Evernote team. Uh, So I'll be interested to see where they go. The fifth story is on Spotify Only You. 
And I really want to talk about this for, for two reasons. The first is that, you know, Spotify is rolling out kind of this only you feature that shows how unique your listening tastes are and given musical astrologically readings. So, you know, I'm not a uh, astrological kind of science person, but I am really interested in music and I am interested in personalization and recommendations. And so if you are on Spotify, please find me, Read Daily. Uh, I recently switched back from Spotify from Apple Music, and I've got to say the features are more robust, the user experience is better, the social piece is better. I've got a couple text chains with friends who are sending me way more music now that I'm back on Spotify. And, um, you know, I am very interested in the things to come from Spotify as a brand. And the fact that they're doing this only you feature is uh, just another example of Spotify really, um, you know, doing it right and, and giving folks a custom experience. So it would be really uh, hard to get through this uh, kind of chat without talking about uh, Apple. And so, you know, there are a ton of other YouTubers and bloggers and uh, podcasters talking about the Apple releases. I know many people will be excited uh, for things to come in macOS, uh, iOS, but I'm really more interested in iPadOS. I've got an iPad Pro. I use it. I enjoy it. I, I thought it could be a, a game changer for me um, in terms of using it as a standalone device. I think I was one version too early. So I was the version that didn't come natively with the, um, you know, sort of button for the mouse. And uh, I'm sort of considering after they release this, jumping into either the uh, iPad Air, which looks pretty much, I think, the exact same as the iPad Pro, or getting the iPad Pro. But uh, it's really the software here and the multitasking, the at signs on the Notes app um, that really got me excited uh, for things to come. Also, the uh, M1 chip, you know, not to geek out, but it's it's just really like better performance at its core and it's running like a computer. So be interested to play around. I wish Apple had some sort of like renting program where you could pay, you know, 50 bucks and rent you know, an iPad for a weekend and say, do I want the Air? Do I want the Pro? Do I want the 11-inch? Do I want the 12-inch because it's a better screen? Um, so if Apple, if you're listening to this, uh, think about some sort of rental program. And uh, in the sort of seven story here, uh, there was a, I believe it started as like maybe a tweet and then got picked up, but uh, I read it on Mixmag. Uh, which is a uh, kind of uh, electronic music, uh, house music, um, you know, cultural magazine, I guess, if you will. And it was talking about counselors calling for not just one, but two 24-hour house music clubs in uh, my city of Chicago. And, you know, whether or not you're going to get one or two, you know, 24-hour clubs, I think that's probably unlikely and um, probably not the right approach. But I think you know, at its core, it's saying, let's bring back the culture of house music to Chicago, because that's where it started. And, you know, when I think about cities like Austin, Texas, Atlanta, San Francisco, you know, these cities thrived from a tech and innovation because they had culture. It wasn't just like there was some capital and said, let's set up some incubation arms. People like really wanted to be there and be a part of the community 
And that's how these big businesses and tech businesses specifically have thrived. If you've read some of the reports on Atlanta, it's really jumping up into some of the unicorn status with some of the tech. And, and I experienced that in sort of the um, early 2000s, mid 2000s um, and 2000 teens, I guess is what you call it. Um, and it was a lot of the, you know, the tech talent stayed because the culture was so strong. So, you know, once again, I'm not sure if one or two 24-hour house clubs isn't the right fit, but I think at its core, it's it's trying to say, let's make Chicago a cultural uh, center uh, for different types of folks. And hopefully that has some translation to uh, talent and talent retention, and then some uh, great businesses will uh, emerge from here. So uh, that sort of concludes this episode of the Weekly Rundown. As always, you can get this show on all podcast platforms. You can also find me, Reed Daily, at Reed Daily. Uh, that's R-E-E-D-D-A-I-L-E-Y at uh, Twitter and Instagram. Don't forget to check out the Daily Monthly. That is a daily monthly newsletter. So my last name is Daily but it's a monthly newsletter. It's a play on words. I think we can all get there. Um, With all that said, enjoy the rest of your day and uh, catch you on the next episode. Thanks for tuning in.